Welcome to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz. Yes. I have some really good news. You know, we always have to start off Happy Hour with something happy. Okay, give me the happy. Our happy news is that we have with us today on Happy Hour Podcast, our dear friend, fearless fighter, tweeter monster, and author of a new book on Donald Trump, our pal, Kurt Schlichter. Welcome, Kurt. I'm here. I'm I'm, I'm ready for action. (laughs) I'm here with fear. Mm. So Kurt Kurt has a new book. And Julie has a book, and so there are and two Amaz- awesome books available. And, and Amazon has been pairing them up. That's that's its amazing. algorithm they- has has sensed that we are similar in our outlook towards liberals and the Frenches. Why didn't they <laughs> pair it up with like your book and then White Fragility? You know, like <laughs> oh my gosh, can you I imagine? I like to think of my book is White Fragility for people who aren't. Freaking, lonely, frigid, uh, whiny, withered white women living in the suburbs. Wine, so wine moms. Uh, God, you know, I think I think there's a demographic out there. Uh, the husbands of women who buy white fragility unironically. And I think that's going to be a powerful, powerful pro-Trump uh, contingent on November 3rd. Because there are a lot of them and they, you know... They don't want to get in a fight with their wife because Mm -hmm. she whines and they don't want to avoid the, you know, once a year oral love. Uh, They just, uh, you know, they're just going to go into that. Yes, honey, Trump is terrible. Yes, honey, Trump is the reason that you can't feel pleasure from the touch of a man. Yes, honey. uh, Yes, it's Trump's fault that uh, your father's so, so deeply disappointed in you. Uh, Yes, yes, honey. And it goes in a ballot, uh, the the voting booth, and it's like Trump, Republican, Republican, Republican. I think that's going to be a huge... I think that book is like the political equivalent of goop, you know, like that, <laughs> that website. It, 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 I do expect that uh, at the back, there's one of those little offers where you can get a vagina scented candle. Well, something like that where, you know, it's like this, it's like a book, so but it, it functions as like, you know, incense or celery juice or one of those jade eggs you put in your chucher or all these weird, you know, or whatever <laughs> things he's selling. Like, yeah, well, it, remember what, it is. Remember, this whole ideology is designed to fill up the empty lives of people who don't have religion or culture or history. They have nothing but their own feels, and this allows them uh, – th- this is you know, this is their little sacrament. And by doing this, by you know, joining with others in a vast assembly of folks chanting 2 plus 2 equals 5 – it, it's kind of a giddy delight in losing themselves uh, from the constraint, the, the bourgeois constraints of reason and rationality. This is this is their uh, kind of Bacchanalian festival, like in ancient Rome. You know, once a year, all the women would go freaking nuts. They drink wine, they'd be naked, and they, they'd be running around and it, it, like like the like the purge, except with like pre-hot Italian women. Uh, you know, running around and it's it it, it, it fills a need within themselves uh, that their own ideological choices have created a vacuum, if you will. Well, I, did I just I'm say? not I'm not wow. buying the book. 
I haven't bought the book. So you have not um, bought White Fragility. No. I'm waiting for paperback. I, I don't I don't need to to read it, but I also don't I'm not a connoisseur of the goop website and no. their way of life. I'm not I work a lot, so I'm not like empty without you know no. things to do with myself. But Julie, what about you? Um, would you like your book to be <laughs> to be packaged with white fragility? You feel like that's a good match. And what's the other one? Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, anti-racism, uh, the uh, somebody Kendi or something. Yeah, where is that? It's Who probably did? racist that I don't know his name. It but, actually you is. Know, frankly, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't care. How to I got be an anti-racist? How to be an yeah. Anti-racist. And I, I'm guessing that the way to do that is to be actually actively racist. <laughs> That's what I'm guessing. I don't even understand what any of this conversation that is taking place in our culture, which isn't really a conversation. It's more like dictates. Um, yeah. But I don't I don't really understand because I'm told things like pancakes are racist. I'm told golden girls are racist. They're I'm the told- most racist. I'm I'm just they told actually all these are, really though. weird things. If they're golden, racist. aren't they people of color? I don't know. I'm confused. So I'm just gonna be a nice I need a program to people, and that's and then we'll just call it a day. <laughs> well, look, remember, it's as as my 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 brilliant tone, the 21 biggest lies about Donald Trump and you, uh, points out these. It's not about reason. That's why you get all these bizarre things like people protesting systemic racism or knocking over statues of. Uh, of a Frederick elks? Douglass and elks <laughs> and elks, you know, racist elk. Uh, there's look, there's an Impala over there. He's not anti-racist at all. The, it, 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 it's specifically about not being rational. It's about showing you we're in charge. We have power. Look at this. Our, our Democrat mayor is holding off the cops. The Democrat DA won't charge us. We can do anything I want. You're, you're fucked. And you're going to do it. So it's kind of beside the point to go, why would you knock over the statue of an abolitionist if you believe that black lives matter? Because they don't care about black lives. It's about their power. This is just a tool like that. It's a trick. Yeah, it's it's an information operation designed for weak minded people or people of good faith. Americans are nice people. If you come up and call them a racist, they're likely to go, oh, my gosh, no one would say something of such uh, uh, seriousness if it wasn't true. Perhaps I'll conduct a personal inventory. Most Americans are not, as you like to say, woke. They don't know what time it is. So let me ask you, Kurt, let me ask you this. We've seen a lot of videos of people being ambushed and provoked or just yes. very selective, um, just sort of regular people going about their business and then getting kind of ambushed and accused of doing something that's racist. What would you tell those people? Like, how would you respond to something? Like, if, if that happened to you, what would uh, well, you, rem- what you remember, do? Remember, this, these only happen in places where they have DAs providing top cover, okay? You don't see this happening where they don't control the cops and they don't control the prosecutors. This is why the federal uh, uh, prosecutors uh, is, is so effective, because they can actually bring some law to bear if the guys have violated federal law. So understand that when you're ambushed, you are not going to be treated uh, as a regular citizen. You are, are your your you know, your self-defense, which which is your right under, under, under the laws everywhere. 
You have a right to defend yourself. You're not going to get that. You're, you, you stand a very great big chance of being uh, charged with a crime, even if you are innocent. For instance, you saw that guy uh, on I-5 in Washington State. He's driving along, minding his own freaking business, sober as a judge. Well, not a Hawaiian judge, but sober as a non-Hawaiian <laughs> judge. And some you know, ass wipes that park cars in the middle of freaking I-5. And then behind it, when he swerves to get out of the way, there's a bunch of dipshits in the middle of the freaking interstate dressed in black. And he pops two of them. And one of them cacks. And now he's like the bad guy because I can't believe you were driving in an interstate. Look, you can't. What One of the things about them is they try and strip you of your defenses. One defense is reason. You can't argue with these people. Facts don't matter. There's no evidence you can provide that will convince them of anything because the only thing that they the only thing that matters is power. Uh, they want to strip you of your right to self-defense. They want to strip you of personal safety. They want to turn you into a fucking serf. This is why. So if you are confronted out there, the best thing to do is avoid the confrontation because you cannot rely on the rules you thought would protect you. They won't. That's scary. Julie, do you have any protests or or issues in your in your in your neighborhood, in your area? I mean, not lately. We're just anti-maskers and back to. (laughs) What you guys were talking about, the men, the suburban men, and I see them like sheep, you know, they're led around by their wives and they have like, you know, the homemade um, uh, vineyard vines, you know, like Lily Pulitzer, like pink and green. Like well, she has the lily. Oh, she so has the lily different. mask, and then the boy, the little boys, and the husband who is just like this pathetic noodle walking behind her. Oh, that is just so. Hating you, everything you live down the street from me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this... There's, a, there's a, or the guy, or the dude who's like wearing a mask in his, uh, in his Prius, and his wife's, <laughs> and, 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 and yeah, you look at his eyes, and it's like looking into a black hole of despair, and you know. The Broken. thing is, look, my, my, my whole take on the masks is, OK, I think masks are fucking stupid because I'm not infected. And I, you know, I, I OK, I have ceased my habit of coming and coughing in people's faces. I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, you know, if it's your store and you want me to wear a mask, OK, it's your store. If I don't want to wear a mask, I won't go in. If I do, I'll, I will respect you. If you say, hey, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm sick. You know, could you wear a mask to make me feel better? Yeah, I'll do that because it's polite. But it's my fucking choice. And, but these guys don't have the choice. They also don't have testicles. I think they're at home in the fridge. And it, it's so, and you see them and God, the broken spirited men. And it's like, dudes, do you ever fight with your wives? I mean, do you ever tell her, no, we're, we're not doing that. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yes, you are. No, no, I'm not. I've seen like articles from some of the prestigious tabloids that populate our news about my husband won't wear a mask or my friend thinks the pandemic is over or my roommate thinks the virus is a hoax. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we get it. We get it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I get Look, you got to understand the, the whole pandemic thing is exciting for people in the way watching The Walking Dead is dystopian stuff. Exci- <laughs> Hell, I've got dystopian novels, Walking which, Dead. of course, that that fat smear of uh, uh, ambulatory grease. Uh, uh, Jim Swift uh, tried to call racist yesterday. It, it's funny. He like, uh, yeah, it, it's just it, it, God, they're so fucking sad. They are so sad. You well, know. Let's talk about their sadness. And- oh, <laughs> 
you yeah, like, steam table let's... warrior Jim Swift. <laughs> you know, Jim Swift is not in my book about never Trumpers. And I just envision, you know, he's so desperate he's for not attention and relevancy. It, that's it, right. He's not. Yeah, he waddles up and takes like a puny <laughs> swing at me every like every three months. I'll get like this puny swing. Curry, you're a, you're you're a poo head. And I just batter him. And I know he just gets off on it. He just kind of, it's like Zed in the gimp suit, except I'm not interested in running a pawn shop basement. So he's very interested in figurative vinyl. And, <laughs> and it's just, I, I just, I, I batter him. He goes away for a while. Then he comes back and it's like, he, 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 he you know, he watches Animal House waiting for the scene with Kevin Bacon saying, uh, thank you, sir. May I have another? It's just gross. <clears throat> There's a vibe there that I don't want to be any part of. Well, they're just jealous. I mean, they're jealous of your influence, uh, obviously. And the fact that I kissed a girl who's alive. <laughs> and that you're not a virgin. Well, that's... My <laughs> 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 God, these guys are such losers. And, and, and don't even get me started on David fucking French. <clears throat> well, just, they're always had on a Twitter. I'm hardly ever on Twitter. That's what... I, I who. What sort of occupation do you have where you're just on Twitter all the time, unless that is your occupation? And that's it's part of my brand. I mean, I, I mean, that's that's one of the things I do. People, are, you're on Twitter all the time. Yes, I, I'm working all the time. That's true. That's right. Uh, that's right. That's one of the things that I do. Right. And uh, you know, I'm good at it. They're just sad. No, but I mean, you're fi- they're fighting with people. Like they're they're. It's like high school bitch fights when you throw food and the cafeteria is all divided up into the like. Yeah, it's like when two girls who aren't people, hot cat fight. You have the burnout, <laughs> it's like, the, uh, kids, the punkers, the band people, and it's just like, okay, nothing. Yeah, they're the guys that they're here. the guys the Dungeons and Dragons dude take lunch money off of. <laughs> I'm a fourth level elf. Give me all your stuff or I'll pinch you. <laughs> here you go, sir. Uh, it's true. God, I, I just I just despise. Here's what I wanted to do with my book. I wanted to uh, uh, take pictures of me signing, uh, you know, the first copy. Dear Charlie Sykes, go fuck yourself. Love, Kurt. And then <laughs> then, then to uh, Charlie Sykes, ex-wife number one. God, I'm so sorry. Number two, what were you, you were warned. Number three, well, you brought this on yourself. But I, I didn't do that because that would involve me taking time that I don't want to spend on those human dildos. Well, let's talk about your book, Kurt, because, you know, the Never Trumpers have been instrumental in perpetuating all of the lies about Donald Trump. In your book, The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You, um, because let's not forget, it's not Donald Trump they really hate. It's all of us. Yeah, he's an avatar for our hopes, dreams and aspirations to be free citizens. Yes, they don't want that at all. So I'm going to use the avatar. That was I'm very proud of that. That's a that's an impressive word. Very impressive. There we go. So here are a few of your lies. If you don't mind, I'll read through them. Certainly. Trump is a racist, stupid, hates LGBT people. Putin's pet. That's our favorite. Yeah, that's my as a guy who was literally in the Cold War. I'm very very, I'm always happy to hear how I'm not tough enough on the Russians. That's. (laughs) Especially by a a Vox writer who can't do a (laughs) push-up. Trump is literally a Nazi, totally corrupt, a warmonger, hates immigrants, hates women, is not a real conservative, hates the free press. Well, who doesn't? Um, 
A tool of the rich, a climate denier, obstructed justice, pawn of the NRA, Trump is a bully, loves dictators, betrayed our allies, tearing America apart, Trump corrupts Christians, and Trump is the new normal. Explain that one. That last one intrigues me. Well, there – that one is one I actually want to be true. I would like it to be true. But Mm -hmm. if you look at the correlation of forces, they're saying Trump has changed the country. Not yet. But I'm hoping in round two, I'm hoping when he goes back for a second term with uh, uh, now with an experienced team that spent three years or, or four years fighting off the most unremitting assault on any president in history. These guys are experienced. They're tough. They know their way around. Oh, my gosh. I just get all I get all frisky thinking about the damage they could do to the liberal elite if they're if we give them four more years, which I think we're going to, because I don't believe any of these polls. Um, and I, I re- but but they, they want to they want to posture Trump as this 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 terrible tangent away from our, you know, the arc of history bends towards justice, uh, social justice, <laughs> in their words. And they're thinking, oh, he's taken it. You know, he's he's destroyed the American dream. No way he's done is restored it. Uh, well, really, I, the, the new normal, like when you talk about normal and breaking norms, I think that the media and the Democrats are far more are <clears throat> have shattered far more norms than you could say Trump has. Absolutely. See. The purpose for for our garbage elite, the purpose of norms is to restrain and oppress people like you and me and Julie. Uh, It is to constrain us. It was never intended to constrain them, just like the idea of free speech was never intended to be used by you uh, knuckle dragging Jesus gun people. So when they destroy norms, they're really what they see is they're just. It's just sort of uh, 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 putting aside a weapon they use to beat us down. Remember, all the norms support that. There is no norm that they talk about that puts them at a disadvantage ever. It's all about retaining power. um, So obviously we're a few months away from the election and we see these polls come out and they're they're not as bad, even if they're legitimate, they're not as bad as what people are describing. But, Kurt, if you could sit down with the president, give him I think you spoke to Don Jr. the other day, didn't you? I spoke to him on the radio today. How did the that highlight go? was Liz Shell, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I was the the marquee guest. I you mean, were always. you were the what? By the way, it is always so fun to have you on. You know what her you know what her theme music? Is? It's Cherry Bomb by the Runaway. I have my own theme music on Kurt whenever I'm on Kurt's show. That's how. yeah, and I, I don't even have to ask for it. They just know. They know. Well, I've not, I've only been on Kurt's show once, so that was what? a long time ago. Well, you're going to come on again because I'm going to guest host the week of the twentieth. Oh yay! Okay. So we'll 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 see if I can get you hooked up then. Well, you know, Liz was one of those like she listened to that weird punkish music in <laughs> high school, and yeah, like I. Nick. Okay, well, I I'm a hair band girl, so you got to get some Def Leppard or something. Well, look, me. I mean that look, it's cisgender reinforcement of the. Uh, uh, <laughs> heteronormative paradigm uh is uh, you know i think we need to decolonialize heavy metal Ugh. definitely and, uh, so it's a you know a, a motley crew you know the term crew exclusionary what was that like white zombie wasn't that a band white zombie was white yeah. snake white, white snake white, white lion, holy cow racist. white lion 
I know. Racist. Yeah. What about Black Sabbath? Do, <gasps> I think we have to capitalize that. Like, no, it, oh, it's yeah. Well, it's Ozzy Osbourne, Black, Sabbath. Black Sabbath lives matter. <laughs> I'm yeah. just trying to figure out where Motorhead fits matters. into all of this. Is <laughs> Lemmy Kilmeister, how's he come down on the whole intersectionality thing? I'd like to know. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but Thank if you. you Lemmy Kilmeister. To, so we, we got that mentioned in. If you could talk to Trump, the president, and give him some advice going into the heat, you know, the heat of the election season, what would you tell him? I'm a, I'm a guy who did a strategy at the Army War College. God help me, it was a party war college. Uh, and I'm an organization guy because I ran a battalion. I was deputy commander at a brigade. I was in, you know, big headquarters and stuff. So I like to see – so instead of what most people would say, which is, oh, we have to restrain his tweeting. He tweets too much. Dude, it's part of the package, okay? You, the, the, the Donald Trump you love is integrally – intertwined with the Donald Trump who tweets shit about Joe Scarborough's dead intern. All right. So you just don't, don't even waste your time on that. I want to see, uh, uh, I want to see the organization. I want to ensure uh, that money is being spent to actually build an effective ground game. I'd like to see metrics. I want to see, mm-hmm. I would, I would, I would say, look, you, you basically need, and he's got great people in there. Robert O'Brien's a great guy, uh, the national security advisor, but I'd like to see uh, 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 even more of them. Uh, in the campaign itself, guys who know how to organize, guys who know how to walk in and go, OK, in this state, uh, who who is in charge? You. How many absentee voter uh, ballot uh, uh, applications have we sent out? How many have been returned? And if the guy doesn't have that number, you say, thank you for your service. You're fired. You, deputy, you're in charge now. How many? You know, uh, tomorrow morning, you brief me on how many vote. I, I, I think he needs somebody to get in there with a military attitude to uh, uh, demand accountability and get on the mission. I want to see the organization. I and, and God, they have got to stop with the. This is Martha McSally. Please give me money. I'll match it five times if I get one more fucking text with that <laughs> insipid shit. You know what I want to see? Hey, I'm your senator. Here's what I'm doing to fuck the libs. Okay, I'm not changing around holidays. I'm not, you know, renaming army bases. No, I'm making it a federal crime to block an interstate so that we can arrest these little sons of bitches when the D.A. won't. That's what I want to see. And I want, you know, if you send me a request for money, you need to tell me why I should give you some fucking money. And it's not Chuck Schumer's raising money at record rates. We will match you five times. Well, shit. Why don't you just give me the five times now and then you'll have that amount of money there and you don't need mine. All right. Well, do you think he's going to win? I gave you a hundred bucks. <laughs> well, no, but do you think, do you think Trump's going to win in November? Yes. Uh, I, I do. And it, it, it bothers me that I do. And the reason is confirmation bias. I want it to happen. So when things are working out the way I want them, I get super suspicious. OK, but look at the polls. You, you know, uh, we saw what happened in Mount Rushmore and they t- the, all the media co- in a coordinated attack lied about what happened at Mount Rushmore. It wasn't just it wasn't just it was dark and divisive, which I guess you could say, well, it's kind of opiniony. It's not really fact, but he embraced the Confederates. Well, they never mentioned Confederates. It's easy to check. So they're not even trying. And if they will lie about that, they will manufacture polls. And I and again, I, I think it's like almost 
Five years ago, it would have been tinfoil hat stuff. Like I like to say, now it's normal hat stuff. I have no doubt they would manufacture a poll designed to demoralize us. And I know that used to sound crazy and paranoid, but can anybody, can either of you guys, because no one else has been able to, give me a, a rational reason why there would be some boundary that they would honor that would stop them from manufacturing a poll specifically to demoralize uh, Trump voters. I can't think of one. Oh, no, there is none. No, they absolutely would, and I think they are. Uh, here's the other metric I use, and I, I, I used it with Liz. I know several people who have said, I didn't vote for Trump, but I will. I don't know any personally who voted for Trump but say, now I need uh, – now, now, you know, after four years, I think we really need uh, grandpa, gropey, uh, weirdo, bad finger, basement dwelling creep. Well, then, not. Kurt, you have not been watching Bill Crystal's feed because they well, have a whole true. they have a whole bunch of Republicans for Biden. Yeah, have you seen former, these guys? Oh, my God. It, it's a festival of geebos. I'm like, <laughs> do you guys, I mean, I mean, really, do you think that this, you know, this this drooling uh, 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 human grimace, uh, you know, uh, when, when he's not busy distributing uh, shamrock shakes at McDonald's is is a guy that I want to be like. I want to be like this dude. I don't think I want to be like that dude. I mean, it's a it's a festival of weirdos, losers and mutations. And it's like, dudes, do you do you, you, do you, do you see your own shit? And they're probably like, this guy's pretty cool. Look at his, uh, you know, look at his uh, Star Wars action figure collection. <laughs> um. I love how they start off those little videos with, well, I didn't, I'm a lifelong Republican. Oh, I yeah. didn't vote, I didn't vote for Trump in 2016, blah, blah, blah. I'm a lifelong I'm Republican. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I, I was a, a, a simpering weasel then. You know, I, I, it, it, it's so ridiculous. It's almost beside the point to observe that Trump is manifestly the most conservative president since uh, Ronald Reagan, and arguably as much or more than Ronald Reagan. That doesn't take anything away from Reagan. But it, again, it's beside the point because Bill Kristol's not against Trump because Trump's not conservative enough, or even because Trump lives the fantasy life of uh, glory and uh, high-octane poontang that uh, Bill Kristol would wish for himself, but was too bit much of a fucking slob to, uh, to achieve. It's because if Bill Crystal picks up the phone now, unlike the Bush years, what? Yes, Mr. Crystal, we'll get you the president right away. Now it's like Bill Crystal. Hey, loved you in city slickers, but the president's not talking to you. Yeah, I mean, this they're not upset about uh, based on any principles. No. Right. The, the, they're yeah. upset because they have no influence anymore. Yes. And yes. they normally would be that bench or that. Yep. Uh, resource that a Republican like a Romney or a Jeb um, would Jeb! would tap if they were put into office. <laughs> Jeb and tap in the same sentence is kind I know, of it's funny. But now they're it's an act of love. They're not. And besides, I mean, Trump's policies are very different from a lot of the major policies that we've seen out of from Crystal, from the sort of happy warriors. Um, and so they're just completely out of influence. So they've gone over to the the left. They're funded by the left. So, you know, they're to me, they're Democrats. I don't know how anybody who 
says or who who could say that they were a conservative, that they care about the core conservative issues, which are, you know, pro-life, um, rule of law, limited government, less regulation, um, and then and then vote for Hillary Clinton. I mean, it just makes no that you you were never in you were never being you know genuine in the first place. I would have more respect for somebody who didn't vote at all. You know, but yeah, they're out exactly. there voting for Hillary, voting for and then supporting Biden. Who Biden's like a, almost a, been in 50 years in the government. He's like the crib keeper. This guy, if this guy was going to make any. <laughs> he 50, Jennifer he's Rubin. He's going to do it already. Uh, look, they, they, they want to secure the, the, what they want to do is they want to secure their place at the kiddie table eating scraps from the liberals. They, they are happiest when the liberals are in charge. Cause then it's grift on, baby. Ahoy! We're gonna get our, we're gonna, you know, the bulwark cruises. God, they hate that cruise ship. That cruise ship is the greatest thing I ever did. But you know oh my what? God, it really what, is. What's it gonna is. happen? They hate it so much. What's gonna happen with, let's say, Biden wins? What, what? Where's the? Yeah. Where are these people's place going to be? You know, they're not. Uh, gonna be- they're gonna, they're gonna be, uh, they're gonna be taking pl- uh, Ned Beatty's place in the canoe heading down the river. Oh, the the left. The left hates them as much as it it hates us. Hates them even more because people tend to hate and despise traitors. You know, you know, they they hate us as the enemy, but they hate them because a they're the enemy because they're allegedly conservative, even though they're not. But they're also traitors, and there's some human, some some kind of a a human archetype that that just rejects a trade, even somebody being a trade somebody. For you, you're kind of like, you know, I'll accept your help, but you're you're kind of a fucking piece of shit, you know. So they they think they're gonna they think they're gonna be welcomed with flowers. Uh, no, that's not what they're gonna be welcomed with. Well, are they gonna? Where's the, their big fat paychecks are gonna dry up, right? Oh like, yeah, you, yeah. Are they still gonna get money from their lefty no. their lefty patrons? What's gonna happen? Where's no. their money? Oh, oh, they 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 may get. Uh, what 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 the liberals will want to do is kind of assign them as the opposition to fully neutralize us. So the media will keep playing with these guys, but they're never going to get they're never going to get invited to the party except to sit at the kids' table. They're 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 always and people are always going to despise them. But maybe that's enough for them, you know. The you know you know Bill Crystal comes in and. Uh, you know, loads his pockets up with cookies in the green room. So he's got a snack and that's, you know, that's enough for him. I mean, fucking Charlie. Si- well, is the Charlie Sykes going to do, you know, would you like to be a supersize that ma'am? You know, would you like to be number four? You know, you don't look very, you don't look choosy. You look kind of desperate. Number four. You want to go for it? Ahoy. Fucking. Yeah. Hey, Jim Swift, make me a shake. <laughs> Supersize okay. that. Yeah. Uh, super. Yeah. You didn't have to tell me twice. Okay. Fucking guy. Well, Man, imagine waking up, looking in the mirror and going, I'm Jim Swift. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. But Jim, there's hope. Come what back about, to us. Repent. What about you, waking you up and you, find, again. and you find out that you're uh, JV Last or you're who oh. else could be? Or like Rick Wilson or Tom Nichols, like that. I used to get along with Rick Wilson just fine, and he never fucks with me personally. Oh, that's good. uh, Yeah, I mean, but I I mean, God, Tom Nichols. Gee, I just like, dude, 
Really? I just, I, I think, it, I think for Nichols, it's more like performance art. Yeah. The I guy think has he's just like do, I think he's doing a, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know who these people are. <laughs> I mean, I just know their names. Like, they, ex- I, they I exist. I, They're not I like, in your milieu. I try like 10 minutes a day on Twitter. So I, because I just can't. I just can't. Well, you don't have a lot of patience for nonsense. I'm a Los Angeles lawyer, so I have to have infinite patience for nonsense. No, I just can't. I just, I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's like cats that are fighting and hissing at each other. I have no extra energy to get into like a fight with like a cyber personality or something. <laughs> cyber personality. They don't care. And That's they're sort of what they are. Uh, you know, they're, uh... It's a persona. People have this persona on the internet, and just like these influencers, um, Twitter influencers, if you will, you know, they have like a curated life. I think everybody, a lot of people on Twitter, especially people that are so invested in Twitter, <clears throat> have a special image of themselves and you know I don't I, I mean I know you in real life I know Julie in real life I know why would I tweet to someone I can just pick the phone up and be like hey that your last article sucked or you know well I would never say that like that but because I'm polite well not really but what? you know I, I just I just feel like it's a perform it's like performance art it's exhibitionism I don't know I just I just I'm just here for the memes honestly and cat stuff yeah <laughs> Um, Kurt, you have been writing a lot lately about the universities, and I think you wrote a great one, like just burn the universities down, something along those lines. But what do you see? I don't want to say the upside of these lockdowns and riots, but you can see a little glimmer of hope because the inner city is never going to be the same. New York City will never be the same. These uh, colleges and universities will how are they going to rebound from online? You know, so you have these kind of hallmarks of the left that are in a way going to lose their influence, uh, which is an upside to all of this. So what would your takeaway be on that? Well, in this situation, we've got the institutions were already crumbling because of the grotesque mismanagement of our garbage elite. So you had uh, you had technological issues attacking academia. You had uh, financial issues. Basically, they were impoverishing their students, uh, giving them nearly worthless degrees for a ton of money that weighed them down. And to kind of like just mostly kind of a niche thing for us until now was the ideological thing. So the, the colleges were already going downhill. And academia is going to have to change. But, you know, everyone is small C conservative about what they what they, uh, uh, you know, they, they know. So academia is desperately trying to keep the graft uh, grift going. Then the pandemic happened. And this this, this is just first of all, it's showing everybody. Holy cow. If college is just as good online, why am I paying 50,000 a year for it? Now, if you go to Harvard well, if you tune into Harvard, I guess now, because they're going to be all online next year. If you tune into Harvard, uh, you, you, you still have to pay full freight, but you get the Harvard diploma. In other words, when you get admitted to the school, you, you pretty much had your education. It doesn't matter what actually happens. And people who actually need an education need to know something. 
are going to go to institutions, many of them online, uh, that do provide that value. We will always have the Ivy League. That's going to be the the uh, uh, the bespoke uh, niche kind of college experience. But as for all these middle grade college, like uh, uh, Jonah Goldberg's uh, alma mater, Goucher College, uh, that shit's going under. They're going under. They're going to die uh, because no one's going to go and pay $60,000 a year uh, for that kind of garbage, especially, you know, now that they've seen they just don't need to. So this is helping destroy the institutions that were already on the way down. And we're seeing it with uh, uh, the you know, entertainment industry is getting crushed. You know, first they're, 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 they're you know, they, they had the technical problems, they had the ideological problems. Now they got the pandemic. That's getting that's getting wrecked. And out of the wreckage, this creative destruction, new alternatives are going to come out. Um, for instance, with Hollywood, the barriers to getting into the uh, industry are are dropping as distribution becomes <coughs> more uh, acceptable. For instance, Larry uh, Larry Elder's got his movie Uncle Tom out. And he's selling it on his website. He's not using necessarily video on demand or Netflix or uh, or, or Amazon. Uh, he, he might be, but that's not primarily. He, he when I had him on today, he said, "Go to my website." That takes that takes all these all the Hollywood guys out of it because you can make your movie and distribute it without talking to anybody else. Yeah, there's no gatekeeper. No right? gatekeeper. Before there was like a gatekeeper. Exactly. About- you know, I, that I, movie Salem did um, No Safe Spaces. And I was yes. when I was looking to watch it because I really want to watch it. And I I have to go to Salem's website and get it on Salem. And I, and I thought, you know what? Good for them. Yeah. Because, by, the, by the way, there, there, guess, guess who's the lawyer in the credits? Is it Kurt Schlichter? It is. Uh, but that's so important. I think that we're, we're definitely this pandemic has brought on like a freakonomics situation where there's going to be a lot of different consequences that may not be immediately um, predicted, but will definitely change the way things are done. You know, a lot less people living in cities because why would you need to live in a city and pay $10,000 rent for your studio um, in the village when you can live anywhere and do your job remotely? I, um, I, I absolutely agree. I'm going into the office about uh, maybe 20 hours a week and still being a lawyer and still running my law firm. I don't have to go in. Boy, you don't want to be in commercial real estate right now. That with Next year, there's going to be a giant crash. Uh, mark my words. But here's here's the problem I see. All these freaking people whose uh, votes turn their cities into uh, bubbling cauldrons of uh, shit – uh, are now going to move out and bring their idiocy with them. Right. That's kind of annoying. That's what I worry about, too, is that I've always thought that it's good to have these things concentrated. You know, like, it's in New York City, it's in San Francisco, it's in L.A. I don't want these people coming to, like, God's country, you know, and starting to, you know, foment some sort of curriculum overhaul or, um, you know— gets get rid of the police force in my rural town, you know? So that, that is, that is a consequence too, to, to be concerned about. Yeah, I'm very, I, I am concerned about that. I think, you know, I think stuff's definitely going to change in a lot of, uh, a lot of ways. So Julie, um, what do you think? Are you worried about, you're kind of in the suburbs. Do you think people are going to move out to your suburbs and ruin it? 
Oh, I mean, there are definitely people from the city. The housing market in the suburbs is on fire. People are getting their asking prices. Why Why you would even stay in Illinois, I don't know, but people have to because families, et cetera. So, yes, they'll move out here. I don't know. I mean, we've seen this gradual liberalization of the suburbs really over the past 20 years. So will that precipitate it or will will these people have learned a lesson about how Democrats ruin everything that they get in power of, except for Barack Obama's Justice Department. They actually get things done. But otherwise, you're going to come out here for the schools. You're going to come out here because as soon as Black Lives Matter protesters showed up in my suburb, our police officers were everywhere. They had all the artillery out. They blocked off our shopping mall. They were up and down the main streets, you know, looking in cars. They were not messing around. And so, um, you know, that's not all suburbs, I will say. There are plenty of mealy mouth, you know, suburbs run by these, you know, horrible white suburban moms of which I am part of that tribe. <clears throat> so I don't know. Will they change it? I mean, it's it's hard to see. But, um, you know, it's sad, too. I'm sure all of us have a big city that we love. I mean, I love the city of Chicago and it's it's it's, it's crumbling. Uh, I I won't go there anymore. Uh, it's a beautiful city filled with great people, and it's being utterly destroyed. So, you know, and don't even get me started on New York City. I, always uh, it used to be so much fun 10 years ago. Should we bail the cities out? Isn't that something that's being discussed? <laughs> You're funny. That's <laughs> no, but isn't that's being discussed, right? I mean, you that's know, that's going to happen, Liz. That's oh, going I, to happen. Yeah, and I, I can see Rod Johnson and uh, freaking James Ron Langford uh, mm-hmm. uh, going. Well, yeah, you after our pioneering it. work on changing holidays and converting base names, we'd like to get right into spending your money to bail the cities out of the. You know, bubbling cesspool that they threw themselves in. Yeah, but you plan. know that that's GRK. coming, right? It you is. know that they I are going so federal aid to rebuild either the rioting in New York or whatever. Um, and I'm perfectly willing to give it to them. What do I get out of it? What do I get out of it? They should have to rename themselves like New Trump instead of New York or just. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I do think that that's good. They're going to make a case for it. You know, I mean, there's supposed to be another stimulus. What do you guys think of another stimulus? Um, I don't know. Uh, I look, I, you know, a lot of people are giving grief about the PPP, but you know, if you're telling a company you've got to shut down, okay, that's a taking. All right, you are, you, you, you have no right to stick the entire uh, uh, pain of that on the the individual or the company. So if the if the comp- country says you need to do this, that's fine. Country needs to step up and uh, you know make sure they're compensated for their loss. So I you know I, I and I don't know if there needs to be any more PPP. I don't know if there needs to be any more stimulus. I think what there needs to be is us get the fuck out of this uh, uh, cycle of uh, paranoia over the fucking flu. Yeah. Look, if you, if you're not, you know, if you're not diabetic, comor or with comorbidities, uh, God, I hate these new words. So we're gonna flatten the curve of your, of your comorbidities, uh, or you're like 80 or something, you're probably gonna be fine. Yeah, maybe you'll get sick. Freaking get sick. You get sick every year. Yeah, and now they're playing games with our kids, which I uh, really resent. Uh, you I know, hate that so much. And I I know you've uh, you've got a child in school, don't you, Kurt? You have a uh, I have a couple of high school students, and our, okay. our, our school districts 
uh, dicking around trying to figure yep. out what it's going to do. Yep. And it's like, I know what you're going to do. <laughs> Start the school year up again. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know what it is, it's frivolous, uh, you know, frivolous white women who uh, uh, with wine and wokeness who uh, are adoring this. They, remember, there's a lot of people for whom this is fun. They're not losing money because they're, mm-hmm. you know, the family can still work. It's mm-hmm. kind of exciting in the way of like a dystopian novel. Something's finally happening. Only a country this prosperous and free and safe could be so frivolous to want to play around with the kind of uh, uh, dislocations and and, and 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 problems and challenges that other countries are yearning to get past. We're like, ooh, it's exciting. We're all in it together. This is fun. This is like World War II, except I just use Postmates. So, Kurt, so your schools aren't yet – You haven't, They haven't committed. You don't know. Julie, what about you? We, we don't know either. We got information. I, I have a daughter in college, so we got her information. Um, but we're still waiting for our school district here in, in the suburbs to tell us what's going to happen. Did you get a refund for your um, daughter in college for her board and stuff? No, we got a partial uh, reimbursement for her dorm. But this year she is going to be in an apartment. um, And so she's uh, I don't even know how that works out. But um, yeah, is she going to be in an apartment like near campus? But like you don't know if there's going to be classes on campus. She has five classes and she has one in person. The rest okay, are so they're committed to something, I guess. Something, but it's still going to be a hell. It's going to be a hellhole because they're all going to have to wear masks. You know, she's in her sorority. No one can go in the sorority house unless you live there. I'm sure they'll cancel all the Greek life events, and you know, it's just they're they're destroying this experience for these kids because for what to appease the teachers because of the hysterical parents i i I don't know or they real is this just part of the plan to keep this going through the election so joe biden can stay in his basement and so they can do only absentee voting i really feel like this is part of the whole deal oh it is look they they there are a lot of things at play but they 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 feel that continuing this crisis is uh is to their advantage and you can see more and more people peeling off from it and just saying, no, I'm done with this shit. And uh, especially as the number of cases goes up, because testing's gone up, uh, but the number of deaths keep dropping. And right. they, they, they and the media are desperate to keep this pandemic alive. And it's about to fall underneath the CDC's uh, epidemic uh, uh, screening criteria. It's, but, but of course, remember, science only exists when it supports the left, if if it doesn't, it's not important, like, you know, men menstruating and stuff. Well, it'll be very interesting to see how this works out and how people, especially not the white, rich wine women, but people who are working class that cannot stay home with their kids and don't have like three iPads or desktops or laptops to to remotely school their children and if there's going to be a backlash to that or if everybody's really scared I don't know I, I think that there's some element of fear still being out there to get people to to be compliant and then you know if Biden wins in November 
then all of a sudden we're just not going to, it's going to be like H1N1 where nobody remembers, can barely remember that. That's, that's what I Hey, think. Hey guys, give me, give me five seconds. I got to go take care of some. Hold on. Okay. Kurt's gone. So Julie, while Kurt is gone, um, that, uh, Sullivan has demanded an on bonk hearing for yes, Flynn. I just saw that. Did you see Amazing. that? Can you explain that, Liz? Explain. Well, what it means is that there were a three judge panel that that decided that about the Sorry, light was in the middle of happening. Well, we're just talking <laughs> about the Sullivan news that just broke that Sullivan has demanded an on bonk hearing. There was a three judge panel that Of course that, he did. That of course. I literally tweeted, of course. Um, that he, um, that, that Sullivan could not like bring his own prosecution of Flynn. And if the DOJ wanted to dismiss the case, they want, or drop the case, they could do that. And so Sullivan waited to the last day yes. and he is demanded that as is the right of anyone that the full DC circuit court hears the case instead of just I'm, I'm three. trying to find out why he has standing to do it because he's not a party he's a he, he's not the real party in interest he's the respondent because it's a writ of mandamus but the D, the the justice department doesn't want it and the accused doesn't want it he's the freaking judge why does how he can, have standing i'm I, I, wrong I with him might. uh what's wrong with that guy no no he is perfectly consistent with what we've been talking about. I know. He's taken the norms and, uh, you know, shredded them. How do you impeach a judge like that? Like, how do you get rid of him? Besides the Chicago way, him. like, how do you? Okay. I was going to well, say, you impe- quads, you but I was him. joking. I'm joking when I say that. <laughs> Cement shoes. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, yes, you definitely... Uh, uh, have to impeach him uh in the typical way you um you know you, you try him in the house and do him in the set like alcee hastings who's a Demo- who was a federal judge and, uh and now he's a now he's a congressman so this actually could be a career move um <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna be biden's vice president yeah he's he's the new hero of wokeness well, so what's the timeline on this, Kurt? Like, how much longer is this going to drag out? I am uh, not sure how long they have to consider his request for an on banc. Uh, I'm not, like I said, I, I am unconvinced that he should have standing, period. But uh, I, uh, I, I am, uh, I am concerned that the. Uh, 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 a Demo- I, I'm concerned that the Democrats on the uh, uh, D.C. panel will take it up. They will delay and uh, they will actually find against Flynn. When it gets to the Supreme Court, that'll be that'll be mm. that. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. Yeah, it's going to be Trump, like a year. Yeah. Trump obviously will pardon him if he's going out of office. He'll pardon him. But if you pardon him, the conviction Right. Uh, may still stand. You don't want that. So that, yeah, so that, A, he's got that and he has got, uh, uh, he he won't be able to uh, essentially sue. Kurt, do you have any thoughts? This is one thing, and I don't know if you have to run, but um, we, uh, the concern over the lack of production 
public production from the Durham investigation. So here we are. He was appointed 14 months ago. We don't have one indictment, one charge. They keep making, you know, delaying, delaying. Bill Barr came out a few weeks ago, said we should expect something maybe by the end of the summer. And now Fox News is reporting today that if Durham is not going to produce something in the next few weeks, they're going to wait till after the election so it doesn't look like election well, interference, which it already is going to look like it. Yeah, matter. after after yeah. the election. Yeah, that right. seems like a really great, great right. idea. That's super. You know, that's the thing about these guys playing by institutional rules when there are no rules. Great point. That's right. There, there, there are no rules. And to pretend there are, you know, frankly, it's a little bit insulting. You know, that's the problem with Barr. We've talked about that before on this show that, you know, we like Barr and, you know, Barr is trying to bring back the Department of Justice to being, you know, this neutral, um, you know, overseer of justice. And we're like, oh, that's long been over. You know, Um, now it's time for the punishment, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, I don't want want somebody I I want. Look, I don't want judges who uh he evaluates each case based on the law using the textualism no i want a freaking conservative vote that i can count on you you look the low you you have to fight at the lowest common denominator and otherwise you're going to lose you've got to meet their tactics with their tactics and i know that that's uh, not a, a, a you know you're not supposed to say that but it's manifestly true that you have to do that or you're just going to be beaten all the time. And I mean, I think a lot of these guys do like being beaten in uh, some kinky way. Uh, But it's, you know, I I am tired of uh, failure. I'm I'm tired of it and I, I don't want it anymore. They need to stop. Kurt, since you are in this uh, talking about this dystopian uh, existence and future, what do people like us do if Joe Biden wins and the Dems take over the Senate? If we're not rounded up and gone and um, put in camps, like Liz likes to say, what <laughs> what do we do? I think we redouble our efforts and organize and, and fight because there will be a backlash because they will uh, uh, turn America into a giant garbage heap. And, and there's there's no doubt that the economy will crash, that there will be chaos in the streets, and eventually uh, people are just going to say, holy cow, this is awful. And we will be called again. I mean, just let, you know, let's let's just hope we we have the possibility of winning an election in the future. Well, I don't think I don't think that's going to happen again. <laughs> you know, I don't. I mean, I think whatever holes they didn't plug in 2016, they're planning to plug in 2020. So I don't I'm not sure we can even organize since our our political party has been labeled like the terrorists in this equation. So, you know, like if. Well, look, I I think that would. And if that happens, uh, well, read my novels. (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's right. right. I mean, I mean, look, it, it, look, civilization. This is not unusual. I spent a lot of time reading Roman history 
uh, ancient it is. You're history. Right. It's not. It's not unusual. The the Roman Republic fell into chaos because people <gasps> ignored norms and. The idea that one side just goes, oh, well, we're done. I guess we've lost. That's not how human beings work. Well, that's true. And on and on that happy note, we we're at an hour on that. We always the, our podcast always turns dark when we after we go to our current events and it starts getting dark. So, Kurt, thank you so much. Thanks for having um, me. Kurt's book is at Amazon. Kurt, tell us about your book. Tell us the title of your book. Uh, it is uh, The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. And no, it is not a BuzzFeed like list sickle. It is in- <laughs> incisive and funny. So go get Kurt's book if you haven't already. Julie Kelly, her book is out. Mine arrived today on my doorstep. And I am Yay. in the acknowledgments, of course. You so are. is Julie. So is, so is Kurt Schlichter. Oh, and- you're the best. Julie, what is the name of your book? Tell our listeners. Disloyal Opposition, How the Never Trump Right Tried and Failed to Take Down the President. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Oh, yeah. Get both of them. Or get Uh, You need to get both of them. Get one and then get White Fragility or whatever. I'm just kidding. White Fragility. So (laughs) thanks for listening. We'll be back next Friday. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week.